0: This is Transistor.fm.
1: Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Product People. And this is another case study in that mega profitable series. If you have your own business, uh, especially your own product business, something in software or digital products, And you've been trying to figure out how do I make more money at this? How do I keep more cash inside of the business instead of having expenses continue to rise with revenue? I want to have some money left over at the end of the day. I want to have something I can retire with. Man, this series is for you. And I've got a great uh, story for you today from Bjorn Forsberg. Bjorn started a Shopify app business six years ago. He has been able to grow this slowly, reinvest profits into the business, and now it provides a full-time income and lots of profits. So you're gonna really like this one. Um, as an aside, if you are listening to this before November 24th, I'm running an incredible Black Friday deal right now. And you can find out more about that by going to megamaker.co slash Black Friday, and you will get all of the deals I'm running right now. Uh, if you're already on the list, uh, you would have got the email. If you are not on the list, go to megamaker.co/slash profit and I'll add you on there. All right, let's get into this interview. Maybe let's just get started with. What's the name of your business and your product?
0: Yeah, sure, so my business is called Forsberg Plus Two, um, which is a terrible name if you're working with the internet. But um, yeah, I've got uh, four products, and they're all really apps-based or for the Shopify e-commerce platform. Okay. So merchants that want to add additional functionality to their, to their online stores, um, Shopify have an app store for that, and then yeah, I've got four apps there.
1: Now, how did you get into the Shopify app platform? Like, how did you even realize that that was a thing that was worth pursuing? Yeah,
0: it, I was actually looking to start a, a side business, and and I was looking uh, to start an online store actually, and then I came across uh, Shopify in that sense, and then saw that they had a, a an app store or a partner program, um, and I really liked the idea of of being able to you know, not have a warehouse and the whole thing being online. Um, so that's what really, really brought me to it. And then in my day job, I was working for an investment bank uh, as a business analyst product manager. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I understood the, the process of software, but yeah. I didn't know how to build it myself. But uh, yeah, so building software didn't, didn't scare me as such. Um, yeah. And I thought I'd go that avenue.
1: And what, what store were you thinking about starting? What was the, what was the idea, idea there?
0: <laughs> yeah, so we, we just uh, had our first uh, child, uh, daughter. So it was actually engraved personalized dummies or, or uh, you know, what they put in their mouths.
1: Oh, um, a soother. Pa- Pacifier is
0: like, yeah, soother, yeah, yeah. Um, which what, is what you a long co- way from software.
1: What do you call them?
0: A dummy. A
1: dummy? Is that, yeah. a, is that an Australian thing or is that a European thing? it's an Australian thing i'd say it's called a dummy Yeah. Wow. yeah. There, uh, <laughs> Australians have all sorts of lingo that um what was the one that Dan Norris would always tell me Oh, he said uh i'm kind of a bogan and I'm oh like, yeah what the heck is a bogan he's like ah it's like uh you know someone who's kind of trashy that drinks cheap beer and I'm like like uh, a re- <laughs> like a redneck yeah. And and he's like, yeah, it's kind of like a redneck. Um, so you were thinking about creating a store for pacifiers, dummies, uh, and (laughs) in, in the midst of it, you kind of realized that there was a, like a app store and an ecosystem around it. So what, yeah. So how did you get into the app store? What was
0: like, what did you do? Yeah. So luckily, well, at that point there was only about 30 apps in the Shopify app store. So there's lots of things that could be done or there was uh, in the Shopify forums, there was actually a a post there um, where merchants had sort of put requests on saying, Hey, we'd really love to see this type of functionality. Um, And there was maybe, you know, 10, 15 ideas there. So I just went down the list and and found one that I thought would, would actually be a good idea um, and something that I'd be able to pull off myself or be able to at least with a small budget, get something up and running. Interesting. Um, So it wasn't even my own idea, to be honest. But uh, yeah, it was uh, about printing uh, labels and invoices and things like this. Um, Okay. Shopify had Shopify had a free app where you could print a single document at a time. But then obviously, if you got you know fifty or one hundred orders, you you want to print more than one at a time and stuff. So that was yeah, that was the idea for the first app.
1: And and so you mentioned that you're not a software developer. What, how did you build that that first version?
0: Yeah, so I uh, outsourced it to India, actually. Um, I yeah I didn't have any contacts, but I decided to, to see what I could find online. Um, yeah, so I was used to building requirements documents for software. Mm-hmm. So being able to detail, hey, this should work in this way, it should look kind of like this. And yeah, I built up a document like that and then uh, went through a few outsourcing places and found one that would work and then, yeah, sent it over to them. And so this
1: show is obviously about profitability. How much did you invest that first year? Yeah. And how much did you earn that first year?
0: Ooh, so uh, I invested $2,000. That was my budget for the for the initial act. And it was really a, an MVP super simple did what it should, but but not much more. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, how much did I make the first year? It started making money from from the first day, but it was only I think it was at like $5 a month or something silly like that. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess it was making maybe a thousand dollars a month or something like that by the end of the first year. Okay. Um, so so that $2,000 was the only money I've ever put into the business in that way. Wow.
1: So So you invested the 2000 and initially, (laughs) initially you probably felt like, oh man, this is only making five bucks a month. Uh yeah. what what made you keep going? Did you did you have kind of a long view from the beginning like okay, I you probably didn't know what to expect, did you?
0: No, absolutely not. And I guess I expected it to grow faster than it did. But then again, you know, I didn't need uh the income as such, so I wasn't really stressing about it. It was only maybe taking, you know, 15 minutes of my day in the, in the beginning to do support uh, questions and things like that. So, from my side, and we had a new ch- uh, a little baby as well. So, from my side, it, it fit pretty well. Yeah. Um, so, it was just chugging along. And, and obviously, I had lots of ideas of how I could improve it and how I could grow it. Um, mm-hmm. And Shopify was growing as well. So, so there was obviously more and more um, potential customers coming, on, uh, coming into the, the ecosystem, I guess you could say.
1: So, you had mentioned that after two years, the app was making just over 4000 a month. That's a big jump. You went from $5 to 4000 <laughs> So what cha- yeah. what changed? Uh, and you said maybe after the first year, you were making 1000 So by the end of the second year, you'd forexed revenue. What, what changed there?
0: Yeah, I think because the, the initial version was... I wish I had some really smart thing to say here, but it was really about incremental improvements to the product. And then also, you know... Bit with pricing, so that's five dollars, and then you. I made two plans and had sort of more features for for more money. Um, yeah, so there's mainly that, just uh, adding more features that more people needed, and also yeah, increasing pricing to those that could.
1: And and were you doing anything inside the Shopify store to get more traction, or was it just growing kind of organically?
0: Yeah, a bit of both. So in the Shopify App Store, you you can get reviews and obviously good reviews move you higher up the ranks. So, you know, for a while there I was ranked number one and it was maybe out of 50 or something like this, but, but a lot of my, uh, how would you say my marketing strategy was to make sure I get lots of uh, good reviews and stay at the top of the list. Um, and so that, yeah, giving really good support and then making sure that every person you sort of talk to, you'd kindly, uh, the ones that were happy, you'd you'd ask them for a review. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's still probably one of the best ways to market in that app store anyway.
1: Yeah, is reviews. Yeah. As I've been doing these interviews, there's some kind of definite stages that have emerged. Um, The first is folks just doing something on the side and earning revenue. The second is um, earning enough revenue that they can quit doing whatever they were doing before and just focus on this thing. And then the third stage, which we'll get to in a second, is I've, I'm paying my bills, but now I want to make this profitable. Yeah. How did, how did you get to the second stage, which was quitting your job, making this, you know, this was a side thing for a while. How did you go from side thing to your full-time thing?
0: Yeah. So that was in 2015, I guess. Okay. Uh, I, I made that jump. Um, and it kind of came about by being pushed in a sense. Uh, Shopify came out with a, a free product or they improved upon one of their free products, so which um, competed then with my my app. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that obviously bought me out, but but uh, then I found out that I could actually create a second app which would leverage on this free Shopify app. So their, their free app obviously gets tons and tons of users. Um, and so I came up with an idea where I could sort of, if you can't beat them, join them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so it was a way to design uh, documents and things like this um, for use in the free Shopify app. Um, and, and yeah, and that really took off actually. So uh, that was more of a, a one-time uh, payment instead of a monthly payment. So much more like a traditional uh, online store selling digital goods, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and that, that sort of took me up to maybe about 10,000 a month, um, which is pretty close to, to what I was making um, at my full-time work. Yeah. Uh, and then also, I was not really enjoying my work that much anymore. I'd I, I got to where I, I needed to be and I was getting more into a, a managerial style role and, and that's not what I love to do. I, I like to be in the details and, and things like that. Um, yeah, so I, I thought, okay, maybe I can, I can look at doing this uh, full-time and if I've been able to grow these these little apps... Um, to this point, part-time, then imagine what I can do if I do it full-time. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, my my wife, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just going to say my wife thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> she's like, are you sure about this? Because, obviously, you know, there's a bit of a risk. You're sort of tied to a, a, a different platform, and, and I had a good job, um, and we had, you know, uh, by that stage, we just had our second child as well. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, but, but I, I felt, yeah, hey, I might as well give it a go and, and see what happens.
1: Yeah. And, and how much did you have to invest in that second app? What was the, the cost for that?
0: Yeah, so that one was, um, I actually ended up building myself. Oh. myself. Um, so as I had the, the first app, I got sick of sending, you know, because I'd be saving money up uh, from the income from the first app and then sending it off to the developers to, to get new features done. And in the end, I you know after two years, I wanted to actually make some money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I learned to code, you know, piece by piece. Um, looking at, I, I designed this app, so I knew how it worked. I just didn't know how it did work, what it did, right? Yeah. Um, so I was able to sort of work backwards, and and then yeah, so I started started doing little small features, and then uh, the the second app was was the first one that I built myself.
1: Wow. So th- mm-hmm. r- as you were in the process of doing this, you're were- you're basically rewriting the first one. Is that how how you learned?
0: Uh, or, or adding small features, small bug fixes, and things like that.
1: Gotcha. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. So the second one was you invested your time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and that was built during the evenings as well, while while I was still working. But but then you know I didn't really have sort of a deadline or anything like that. But yeah, so I got that out. It took you know two three months or something to build. Yeah, a lot longer than probably somebody that knew what they were doing would take to build it. But uh, yeah, but it, you, it worked out really well.
1: Yeah, and you, now you're in the ecosystem. So I, I think, again, depending on your stage, a lot of people are like, how do you find a good idea? And what you kind of stumbled into was, first of all, uh, a platform in a community that was new. And so there was lots of opportunity there. And you were able to get in quite early.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's been a huge help as well.
1: Yeah. And then after that, you were able, you were in the community. So you were able to see, even when Shopify totally killed your first business, you were so embedded in the community that you could see an opportunity for something else. Like some people would have said, uh, how did you get the idea for the second app? Like you just said, oh, I just got an idea. But that must have come from understanding the market
0: yeah I think so um, but also the fact that you know I've been messing with uh, print so so the first app helps you print and, and things like that and the Shopify app does the same thing and 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 print is a pretty sort of specialized area if you're doing web development it you know it's got its own little quirks and and mm-hmm. things like that so I figured not too many people are going to be silly enough to to get into this yeah um, yeah so I thought uh, yeah definitely and and you know it was it was very. Shopify's app is similar to mine, so I understood the concepts and things. It was just the the design part I could could help people with.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's another kind of key piece of profitability, actually, is one thing that drives down profits is or can be competition. So when there's a lot of players in the space, uh, sometimes they'll compete on price, which erodes margins and then erodes profitability. But when you you went into this messy area of print, which isn't very sexy and a lot of is kind of messy, it's like uh, going from web to print is is difficult. Uh, I think yeah. that that must have played into it as well. You're you're in a space where if you build up expertise, part of your kind of uh, competitive advantage is the expertise, the way you understand the problem, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it's also, you know, one of my newer products. I've gone into email on that, so that's even more into the weeds of, of strange quirks and things like that. But, but yeah, definitely, I think you've you, you hit it on the head. Where I've got into an area where a lot of people don't have a lot of expertise, um, and obviously, you know, Shopify is uh, still a relatively small community. So if you if you can carve out a niche within that community uh, with some expertise, I think definitely helps.
1: And so let's move into the next. Stage I described. How did you go from just paying your bills to becoming profitable? What what changed there? What was the transition like there?
0: Yeah, so um, I mean, it was it was profitable from the start. So uh, it was obviously a second income for for me. And then going to you know taking the plunge and and then jumping uh, from part time to full time doing this. Obviously, the then yes, I was. I was taking money out of the out of the business to pay my bills and so forth. Um, luckily, at that point, I had a lot less bills to pay than I do now. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was uh, really focusing on the things that generate revenue. So, you know, really thinking about my time and, and how I'm spending it. Um, and then, as I wrote as well, is I wasn't afraid to pay for things where I thought it would save me time. Um, obviously, the most important thing to me or the the most costly thing to me is my time mm-hmm. um, if I'm spending it trying to build something myself which I could buy somewhere um, it, it's lost right so so I think I've never been afraid to buy solutions and um, it might be a, it seems strange to to increase your costs to, to you know to increase your profits but but in the end it, it's worked out quite well where you know, you increase the the costs a little bit but then you can increase profits a lot more
1: Hmm. And what kind of profitability are you at right now?
0: Um, like in total monthly earnings or
1: yearly? What kind of yearly
0: profits yearly. are you doing right now? Yeah. So I take home about two hundred seventy-five thousand US uh, a year now. Um, it's eighty-five percent profit margin. So I'm making about three hundred and 40, I think it was. Yeah. Um, 320, 340, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And then I've got uh, about 15% uh, uh, costs. Yeah. Wow. And that, that covers servers and, and things like that. But it, I mean, that, that's why I really like the idea of, of software as well, right? Because you can just as easily sell, you know, to a thousand people as you can to a hundred, right? Exactly. <laughs> Almost at least.
1: That's right. And, is it, and it's just you that you're just one person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just me. Um, and I, I kind of like it that way. <laughs> um, like I said, I, have managed people before and, and I, I don't mind working with people. It's not that at all, but, uh, you know, being the boss of, of people, I don't really enjoy that. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love your story because again, if we go through all the stages, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people, they start off and it's making $5 a month. Like you were, and they go, "Well, this is never ever going to pay my bills, or even close to it and the again you you built on a strong foundation you were on this platform that had incredible demand and had an incredible opportunity, and then you you tackled a really kind of hairy problem, which was print, and now you've tackled <laughs> other things like email um but if really, the story of going from you know whatever you were making back then when you started to whatever you're making now is just kind of continuous improvement. and um, you know the yeah, the,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I think I think you you know, I wish I said uh, I could say I have some magic bullet or I've done some amazing thing that's just you know grown 10 times overnight it it just hasn't been i think it's really just a matter of putting in the time and, and giving it time to grow as well now, so not expecting it to grow in you know a couple months but yeah. a couple of years instead
1: yeah yeah and I, I think um uh and sorry the your your profit right now 275,000 is that after your salary or is that before
0: well that that is my salary okay so um, so because i'm just on my own I've got, i don't really have anyone else to pay
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah so i, I leave some money in, in the in the company of course but um yeah most of it's just uh, just for me
1: yeah that's great the um i think one thing i've been thinking about a lot lately is um how cuz one of the questions i got on twitter was is this you know, after, is this profitability after, salar, after founder salary or whatever? And kind of the benchmark I've, I've given is, you know, let's say uh, a founder uh, pays himself $100,000 salary. Would there be $100,000 left in the business at the end? Yeah. And, the, and the reason I'm asking these questions now is, you know, I, my first year kind of independent selling products was last year, 2016. And I thought I did pretty good. I paid all my bills. I took home about 100000 And, you know, I'm, I'm like, wow, I did it. This is the first year. We, here we go. This is awesome. But It's,
0: it's well done, you know.
1: But, but now the question becomes, well, what if I get sick? Or what if, uh, you know, lots of what ifs. And also, what am I doing this for? And I think the idea of focusing on profit and thinking, okay well if if my business made a hundred thousand and I paid myself a hundred thousand in disbursements or salary or whatever, that means I'm yeah. actually at zero percent profitability so how can how can i incre- <laughs> how can I increase that and um I love your story actually okay, yeah you you broke down your your profit margins. Um, cause a lot of people might not know like what, what kind of margins can you make in the Shopify store? So you said 85% that's, yeah. that's after Shopify's taken their, their, uh, share.
0: Yeah, exactly. So Shopify take uh, 20% of what you earn through the app store. It's okay. like their, their partner fee, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, okay. if, if they give, if, if I uh, generate a hundred dollars from or get a hundred dollars uh, from a customer, there's eighty dollars from me, then fifteen percent less that, then I guess I end up with like sixty eight dollars or something.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So it's, and the benefit, of course, is that Shopify is bringing you all of the business. They're the primary channel. Um, yeah. And so the the eighty bucks that you get off a hundred dollar sale, that's pretty good still. That you're you're still making great margins uh, on that.
0: Yeah, definitely, and I mean, I think it's it's money well spent or or paid out, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, because they are really the the main source of traffic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, and, and and it's it's the app store is well well managed. Um, it feels fair, uh, so yeah, they I think they put out a, a level playing field, and and yeah, obviously they should get something for it as well.
1: So let's go through. I'm going to veer off course a little bit here. And I, I wonder if we could just go through in terms of profitability. What do you think are the biggest threats to your your profitability? What what kinds of things do you think might um, affect profitability in the future?
0: Yeah, so so not so much like server costs and things like that, because uh, all of my apps. Um, they're easy or cheap to run I guess you could say mm-hmm. um, uh, two of the the apps the, the print one and the and the email one they're, they're more like a, a theme store I guess you could say so you, you go use the app use it to design your emails or your print documents and then you buy it for a one time fee and then you move on mm-hmm. so I don't mm-hmm. like have a, a big sort of daily user base of people coming on and increasing my costs. so they're really cheap to run in that sense uh, but then again they're, they're one time purchases so so it's you know, with, with a monthly subscription model, people keep coming, by you keep getting revenue once you get somebody on board. Whereas on these apps, it's much more, you know, in the traditional, hey, keep got to keep getting new new customers coming through, otherwise they'll stall and, and disappear. So obviously one of my biggest uh, fears, I guess you could say is, is that something comes out or Shopify makes, you know, their own thing free or improves on something that makes one of these apps obsolete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, it, it makes me feel a bit better that I've got multiple products. So I've got, you know, my revenue is sort of split between three products. Um, I've got one free free thing, which is really just more for for cross promotion and and traffic generation. Yeah. Um, but those three apps, yeah, there, they're really making around the same. So between eight and twelve thousand a month, mm-hmm. um, which makes me feel better because if one disappears, it's not the end of the world, right? I don't yeah. have sort of all my eggs in one basket, but. Uh, yeah. Other than that, it's really just uh, traffic. Yeah. Um, not so much cost. Obviously if I get sick, yeah. Um, that would be not very good because it's all in my head, you know, I'm, I'm the sport guy, I'm the marketing guy, I'm the developer, uh, you know, so there's lots going on there, but I mean, for me, I've, I've actually, um, paid to, to get some really good insurance as well. Um, which is, has really made me feel a lot more relaxed yeah. where I can still get 120,000 a year if if I get sick
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah. and that's
0: for like 17 years or something like that, which is, which is a nice thing. Um, it's relaxed me a bit as well.
1: Yeah. What other kinds of, um, weaknesses do you th- see in your business right now and what are you doing to, to fight those?
0: Yeah. So, so marketing is definitely not my, my strong point. Um, uh so I'd, I'd like to very much improve on those areas uh, just sending you know regular newsletters um for a guy that has an email app uh, i'm terrible at sending off emails right mm-hmm. <laughs> um and then maybe getting into sort of some advertising uh, facebook advertising uh, twitter things like that mm-hmm. and then also um yeah I, I think that's my biggest weakness is is not yeah and maybe being too much of a control freak, too, right? because i I should have maybe outsourced my customer services a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also you know my best channel for for new ideas and improvements and you know having a pulse on the businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does take up you know half my day now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah,
1: what and what uh, is like is eighty percent of your traffic coming from the app store is like what what's
0: the yeah, yeah, yeah. so there's a little bit of organic. Um, I named my apps, uh, you know, one's called Order Printer Templates, which is uh, the most boring name ever. Mm-hmm. But that's what people type into Google, mm-hmm. um, and and so yeah, in that sense, I still get some good traffic from from Google. Um, yeah. I have a little blog, which I don't update very much, mm-hmm. but there does you know, there's some traffic from there. Yeah, uh, but definitely, I'd say yeah, eighty percent, if not more, come from uh, directly from the Shopify store. So there. Th-
1: One The other kind of element of profit, of course, is you get a picture of how if you pull other levers, that could increase revenue, which could also increase profit. And so it sounds like you're saying there is other opportunities, like you could start doing Facebook ads or something else, and you might be able to increase profits even more.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think... You know, because of my lack of marketing experience, I, I, I'm sure I could get a lot more out of my existing products just by marketing them properly. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that's been really interesting I'm just doing at the moment is to, to do partnerships with, um, you know, on Shopify, there's also a, a theme store, I guess you could say, where you can get, pick up uh, like web templates to you know, how should your store look and, and things like this. And these are a really professional designers and Shopify Uh, are really stringent in who they let into this theme store Mm -hmm. Um, and for my for my emails then uh, obviously that's a specialized area so if I can build you know uh, complementary email themes that match these web themes um, it's a really good yeah good conversion and and, and a good source of traffic so I'm starting to do some uh, partnerships with the developers of themes Mm -hmm. um, so that we you know obviously make sure that they like the designs and they're, they're they're on board about it and then uh yeah, so, so they can market towards their, their customers. They get some, some referral revenue for that. But then, obviously, I get a new channel of, of traffic as well. Yeah. Um, and I've just, done, I've just launched the first one, and I've got some more on the way. But the, so far, it's looking really, really good.
1: So affiliates could be a, a huge channel for you going forward. And, yeah. And, and how do you – because you've got three products. How do you track – them like do you track them individually in terms of revenue, expenses, and profit? Are they just all combined? What kind of um, kind of yeah ongoing uh, things are you tracking with those?
0: Yeah, so I'm, I'm tracking. I guess you'd say more revenue than I am expenses. So expenses yeah. are all just pulled together. Yeah. Um, as long as you know, as long as those are in a manageable area, I'm, I'm fine with that. And then on the on the revenue side, I, I built a. a a little metrics dashboard um, so that I could get a better insight into that. And that was actually one of the first things I did when I quit my job. Um, I had a couple months paternity leave. So, so I actually built, um, I know if you, if you know, like Bear metrics and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Josh's product, it's, it's very much modeled on that, but because um, Shopify just gives you a CSV file um, of all your payments and things like that. So I, I sort of built this, this view on top of that CSV file. Where you can uh, you, know, you can see your recurring revenue, your one-time revenue, um, your average sale price, churn, things like that. Yeah, um, and that, that's yeah, I, I track those all the time. So yeah, I, I ended up turning it into a little open-source uh, free product for all the other Shopify developers as well. So
1: oh, cool. That's been really good. And I guess one of the other challenges you're going to have moving forward is up until now you've been very lean. But once you start to get into affiliate sales and advertising, etc., your expenses and tracking those expenses are going to become a lot more important. What, what are your plans around that? Do you, is that something you struggle with? And you know, how, how do you think about those kinds of things? Obviously, in the past, you haven't been scared to spend money to make money. How, how do you evaluate that? Like When you're spending money, how do you evaluate what is a good return?
0: Yeah, so I mean, as long as I feel that I'm making a good wage at the end of it, so I I don't want to sort of you know spend so much on marketing and and affiliates that there's nothing left over. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not gonna I'm not on a race to the bottom sort of thing. Um, but I also want to make it worth their while. So I've been sort of testing out with like 25% uh, sales price as the the affiliate referral fee. Yeah, and I think it I think that works out because my margins are so high. Um, there's still a good good amount left over, I guess you could say, uh, where they get something which is fair. And I still have to do the support and everything else, but, but I still feel it's a fair share.
1: Yeah. It'd be interesting to talk to you again in six months or a year because it will affect your margins, right? So in our example before, yeah. $100 the customer pays, Shopify takes 20%. You have $80. Right now your expenses are 15% but that that amount will that expense amount will increase right
0: definitely yeah, yeah. absolutely
1: and so sometimes i mean what's great about you, your situation is you have amazing margins like for most businesses having 15% profit margins would be quite good and so you obviously have a lot of room there and if if overall profits i guess for you are growing then you're you're still happy,
0: right? Yeah, definitely. And and the way I see it as well, uh, the way it works as well is is that the the referral fee would be paid out before Shopify take their cut. Mm-hmm. So if I give away, you know, twenty five percent, then take a hundred dollars, remove twenty five percent, remove another twenty percent for Shopify. So oh wow, I get fifty five percent left. So so it does make quite a big difference to to the amount that I actually receive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good thing too is is my apps are kind of complementary to each other as well. So if you used one, there's a high chance that you'll also end up using my other app, mm-hmm. um, especially on the, the one time. So so in that sense, uh, maybe I pay to get this customer on board or get them referred, mm-hmm. but then I'll be able to you know, cross sell or, or whatever to, to bring up that. So um, I guess you could say it will even out to a sense.
1: Yeah. And how are you doing that cross selling right now?
0: Yeah, so it's it's both in app. So once you purchase something, you know, we'll say, hey, here's a here's a other great apps. You can also do it a little bit within the the app store. So you just list out the other apps you've got, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people are just browsing. So they see, hey, oh, I actually need this more than I need this one, right? Um, and then yeah, using intercom for for like uh, email series and welcome series and things like that.
1: Okay, so you are doing you are uh, using. Some like onboarding and as you onboard folks, you're also saying, Hey, there's also these other things too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So so obviously keeping that part quite toned down as a as a footnote sort of thing. Um, I really want to give people the information that they that they need and, and not be sort of pushy and, and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just making, you know, wherever it makes sense to, to have a touch point or to, to show these other products, then I'll have it there. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never sort of send an email saying, hey, look at our other products, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's, that's cool. But uh, I'll, I'll make them aware that they're there. Yeah.
1: And another element of profitability is that if you ever decided to sell your business, uh, most businesses are valued on their profitability. Is that something you've thought about? Like, would you ever sell your business or do you want to do this till the day you die? What, what are some of your thoughts around that?
0: yeah that, that's a good question um everything for the right price, I guess you could say um, but like like I wrote as well uh, um i I don't want to give away or I don't want to give up any of these apps until I feel that I've got them to where I could get them myself mm-hmm. um, so so especially like on on the email app i I feel that there's a lot of places I can take this app still um and so i I don't feel I'd get what it's worth if I sold them now hmm um I went through sort of a uh, the start of a, a purchase process not long ago, a couple of months ago, um, and uh, you know I, I guess I just wasn't really ready to sell, and, and they maybe uh, weren't ready to buy. But uh, it was an interesting process also, just to make me think about you know how do I feel about selling these businesses, mm-hmm. um, and, and and it's pretty tough, especially when when they were looking at my oldest product, right, which is sort of started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be open to selling them, uh, but I, I wouldn't want to sell them all or, or or leave myself with with nothing to do.
1: Yeah, uh, you,
0: I love what I'm doing, so I don't want that to stop either.
1: Yeah, and on the flip side, have you thought? I mean, the other advantage of profits is that if you have cash in the bank, you can acquire products as well. Is that something you've been thinking about?
0: Um, I've got too many products myself now. I think, um, or at least I'm you know, for a one man show, I guess you could say, uh, I'm sort of at my peak uh, and it's been really important to me to to keep a good life balance as well. Mm-hmm. Like I've got a young family and, and, you know, one of the main reasons for me starting to do this was actually to have more, more time with my family. So I want to be careful about sort of overloading myself. I, I still want to be able to, you know, get in at nine and leave at four or whatever and, and not sort of, yeah, yeah. have too much uh, in the back of my head.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's another element of profitability, especially for small companies or one person companies, is that our time actually does play into profitability, whether we like it or not. Like if, if our time is wor- worth X amount of dollars. Um, and so, yeah, what you, you meant you, you work about nine to four every day. Is that kind of your, your, your daily routine right now? Yeah,
0: except Tuesdays where I go a bit further into into the day. Okay. Um, yeah, and that, that's really good when I want to get focused on doing some development and things like that, where I have one long day where I might stick around the office until you know seven or eight or nine even. Um, but yeah, so so I really wanted to to have a good. I, I want to start a business to have a better life, not yeah. to have a busier life. Yeah. Um, and 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 my previous job was was very much a suit and tie. Style job, which is you know nine to five, uh, maybe to six, maybe to seven, um, and that's just not the way I wanted to live life, right? So yeah, I thought, yeah, definitely. I see a big part of my uh, how would you say success in in how much or how little time I need to spend at work, right? So I'm still doing you know decent hours, but but at a level where I'm happy. I yeah. think that's been key in keeping me motivated as well.
1: Yeah. I I think we almost need to invent another uh, form of profitability, which is time profitability, stress profitability, uh, cognitive load profitability. And, you know, for you, part of that is saying, um, you know, now you're working nine to four most days. So at the very least, you're saving an hour a day. For me, when I went independent, I was also saving an hour commute into the city and an hour commute out of the city. Um, yeah. And all of that kind of played into my overall feeling of like, because profitability is like getting ahead. So yeah. you're, you're getting ahead in money, but what else are you getting ahead in? And it sounds like, and and I guess that's the other thing is because you could have gotten into this, but you know, let's say it was quite sophisticated and complicated and you're up till three in the morning, fixing servers every night that wouldn't have been kind of profitable in the way that you'd, you'd want, what would it?
0: No, not at all. And, and I think, yeah, I think it's right that you we should we should measure profitability in other ways. Um, and it's also being able to, you know, if one of the kids are sick, not freaking out and not being able to take the day off or you have somebody breathing down your neck saying, Hey, you've got too many days off, right? Yeah. Um, and, and like for you, yeah, being close to the home or, or – and this is the same for me. I had, you know, okay, it was only half an hour, 45 minutes, but now I've got an office five minutes uh, from where I live. So
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I think the, the other thing is um, so much of profitability in terms of money is about mindset. So until somebody gave me an, an imagination for keeping money in my business bank account – I hadn't thought much about it. And I think in the same way, you know, one of the things I've done this year is I had this this mindset that no, I really need to be at the office because I love being at the office, you know, 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 every day. Yeah. Um, but I've started to realize that I actually um I actually can work a lot less than I think I need to, and that's been interesting too. Especially in this profitability mindset, if it's, you know, if your expenses is the amount of hours you spend and you just reduce the amount of hours you're spending at the office, then all (laughs) of a sudden you have all this time profitability and um, just getting to enjoy that a little bit has been really fun. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, and I think also being being more focused in the hours that you are in the office, mm-hmm. like I, I find on the days that I've got, a, you know, on Tuesdays or whatever, when I've, I've got a longer day ahead of me, I find myself sort of, you know, veering off into, hey, I'll just have a look at this for a little while or, you know, yeah. when, when I know, hey, I've got to leave by, you know, 3.30 to go pick up the kids or, or whatever, yeah. then, you know, all right, let's get things done. And I'm a lot more efficient, I guess you could say, in that time as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, let, this has been great, by the way, Bjorn. I, I really love hearing your story. Um, hey, let's, thanks. Let, let's end with this. What, what do you think aspiring product people get wrong about building profitable products? Like what's a big misconception that you see?
0: Yeah, That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think you, know, from, from my sort of bootstrapped world at least, um, it was really about giving it enough time you know I, I even some of my friends or whatever they they expect these things to just sort of take off overnight and then you know they, they've got some unicorn on their hands in in six months time right mm-hmm. I think give give the products time to mature and give yourself time to mature as well mm-hmm. um, to learn and what works what doesn't work um, I think that's that's been the key for my products is just not obviously if an idea is not taking off at all, then, then sure, move on to something else. But if you see that it's growing and there's a steady growth, um, I'd say give it more time than maybe you were mm-hmm. planning on investing in it. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, and the other thing with your story, um, I think sometimes people's impatience comes from the fact that they really want it to start paying their bills right away. And the luxury that you had, which was so important, is that you were doing this on the side. And so you didn't have all of that pressure. And even when you quit, your wife was still like, are you sure you want to do this, right? Because <laughs> it, it creates a whole other pressure that people aren't prepared for. And you had built it up to you, you know about $10,000 a month at that
0: point, right? yeah yeah and uh yeah I think if i if I had tried to do this as a full time thing from the beginning, I would have failed miserably uh, and i I wouldn't have enjoyed it either and I, I really you know you don't have to sort of jump into it all at once I think it was a for at least for me it was uh, the only way to do it I guess um, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty cautious guy, but I don't mind taking chances every now and then, but i you know I was a lot happier to have it sort of building up on the side definitely
1: yeah and i I think Again, I understand people's frustration. Like I had a two-hour commute every day and I was just like, I got to get out of this. But if (laughs) people don't understand like (laughs) how much pressure there is when you do quit, like it really changes and the cognitive load that you put on yourself is really destructive to you know, that kind of freedom you had, you had the freedom of like Shopify killed your first product and you had this almost like, okay, well, let's just see what else is out there, you know, without having to freak out because you weren't going to be able to pay your mortgage that month.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think, you know, even from going, you know, having a a 10,000 a month and, and taking the leap, uh, the the difference in my state of mind is completely different to when I had a full-time job as well, right? And it's something you worry about no matter how much money I think you're making.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's the other thing that's come up quite a bit is when I've asked people, like, you know, you're profitable. You've made it. Like, everyone on the internet wants to be you but the the same thing that comes up over and over again is and you're in the 0.001% of people that will ever be able to do this but you the the recurring trend is no matter what the success people are like what if this all goes away tomorrow like what if yeah. you know so, and people don't realize that you're trading you do get more freedom you do get all of these other things but you will always have that anxiety of what if this doesn't work? What if it, you know, it
0: goes away? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, a lot of careers, they'll span over, you know, 20 years or whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of looking at my products and thinking, are these guys, there's no way these, these products are going to be there in 20 years, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you just can't sit back. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a frightening thought, I guess you could say, but I'll, <laughs> I'll go for as long as I can.
1: <laughs> Awesome. Well, Bjorn, it was great to meet you in person. Thanks so much for doing this call. I w- I would actually I would like to follow up in six months uh, and do it again. Just yeah, please uh, I, do. It. That'd be great. I think getting the ongoing narrative is is awesome.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, man. If you want to check out more Bjorn's stuff, go to forsbergplus2.com. Uh, you can also just search for him on the Shopify app store. If you search forsberg, F-O-R-S-B-E-R-G two, you'll find uh, all of his apps and be able to check out what he's doing on there. Thanks again for listening. I've got lots more case studies recorded. I just need to edit them and release them. So stay tuned for those. They're coming soon. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm Justin and get 15% off your first year.